Hello everyone, welcome back to Life in Sport podcast. And we're joined by, um, well, he's done a lot of things in his life really, so we'll start with former pro free skier, um, cannabis activist is his current title you could say, and also um, pornographic film director. Yeah, that was one of the things. I'm also a creative director. I do a lot of different stuff for a lot of different brands as well, yep. so it's for my creative agency. Yeah, not Will Stoke. Oh, so yeah, the creative agency yeah, is Ballin' on a Budget, isn't it? Uh, no, Ballin' on a Budget's uh, kind of like my action sports media company, and then okay. my creative agency is called People Like Us. So we do oh, a lot no. of stuff with like Red Bull and Fireball and Alizé and oh, wow. um, a lot of different brands like that. Nice. So how honestly, perfect conversation start. So how did you actually get started up in that? <clears throat> uh, I got into that uh, probably originally through um, TV hosting. I used to have a kind of a show on National Geographic in the States for a little while. Oh, wow. What was um, that called? It was called Slide Through. And then, mm-hmm. um, you know, I used to do a little bit of TV hosting here and there for a couple of stuff, you know, for like for like on, the, on just different sponsors and stuff like that. Yep. And um, originally, I, I actually, we started a men's magazine about, what about, 13, 12, 13 years ago when I was about 21, 20. Yep. And uh, originally, actually, one of my ex-girlfriends, she was the 2010 Penthouse Pet of the Year. Nice. And she got me tickets to the Playboy Mansion for my uh, for my birthday. Wow. And I ended up going with my doctor friend um, and we went there and uh, Ralph Magazine ended up doing an article about us. Mm-hmm. Um, we're hanging out with Mini-Me and all blah, blah, blah. I hooked up with Miss September and all, no, Miss October it was. Yep. And I uh, had a crazy night there and then um, they offered my friend uh, a uh, kind of like a Ask the Doctor column in Ralph. Oh, wow. And um, I said to him, I said, well, well that's kind of cool. And he said, oh, it might, might jeopardize my medical career because it's unbecoming of a medical professional. No, and so <laughs> take your shots when you can. I ended up um, putting him together with one of my uh, mates who was a famous uh, kind of glamour photographer that mm-hmm. I knew through some of the girls that I was having things with. Yep. Um, and we ended up starting a men's magazine called Apollo. Yep. And we ended up becoming the biggest independent men's mag in Australia. Uh, we were doing about twenty thousand issues. Wow. In most of the news agencies in Australia, good news agencies in Australia. This is like two thousand ten, two thousand eleven. Wow. We did that for two years. Obviously not the right time to do print media that was when print media was just falling off the precipice yep um but you know it was pretty cool I got to interview people like snoop dogg and the Mythbusters guys <laughs> wow. and all sorts of crazy random like? stuff snoop was a really cool dude actually really <laughs> nice like he had that aura there's only a few people i've ever met in my life that i know that i've got that aura yep. kelly slade is one of them yep uh candy tovex probably the best freestyle free skier in the world uh-huh. and uh and snoop yeah so wow. they just got that natural aura where they just kind of like dominate a room and yeah, like kind of like the sun and everything rotates around them. Yeah, like literally, it's a uh, the world stops for Snoop sort of thing. Yeah, it was it was pretty interesting. It was at the um, it was at the rooftop of um, the casino on the Gold Coast for the blue ch- carpet treatment. Um, and he was like three hours late, and all <laughs> the press were like mad. And then as soon as he walked in the room with his entourage, everyone just shut the fuck up and was yeah. like, "Oh my god, it's Snoop Dogg!" I'm like, right? It's it's Snoop. What are you going to expect if he's three hours late? Who cares? It's Snoop. Yeah, exactly. You're there to see him. He's not there to see you. Yeah, exactly. So that would be cool to to be on that level, I reckon. But yeah, he's a cool dude, man. He seemed like a nice guy. Like he genuinely was. He gave me the time of day. Talked to me. He answered my questions and. Um, smoked a doobie with him. And he yeah, was nice. cool, cool dude. You know, that's probably one of the like, out of all of your claims to fame, I would say me personally that would be my number one. If out of all of your claims, it'd be I smoked a, a blunt with. Snoop I wasn't Dogg. blunt. It was a white paper. I was just a joint, <laughs> just a small little one. But, um, ah, okay. And everyone else got mad that we smoked a joint, but whatever. 
Okay. When Snoop Dogg hands you or offers you a drink. Oh, I, get, I handed it to him, actually. I had it oh, pre-rolled wow. and I, I saw him and I was like, hey, and I like lit it up in the middle of the thing and then gave it to him. So um, <clears throat> that was pretty interesting. And uh, yeah, that was that was pretty fun. We did that for like two and a half years. And indirectly because of that, obviously at the time I was um, I was competing in a lot of freestyle and big mountain freestyle com- uh, free ski comps around the world. Yep. Um, I think I was based in Switzerland at that point and um, living in Verbia, where I, a place where I grew up. And uh, after that, we kind of moved into just doing media stuff. And obviously the activism with cannabis activism. The cannabis activism who, started it, in who about... Are hurting, who are we hurting? Yeah, that's correct. It's me and my friend um, Alec, a.k.a. The Craze Co. Mm-hmm. And how'd that all come about? Uh, originally, I, I had an action sports magazine called Booyah yep. for an online one for a, just a year or two. And um, he actually got in contact with me. He used to run a lot of, um, he used to sell, he's a jammy dude. He used to sell like old, um, like graffiti uh, graffiti DVDs and yep. stuff when he was a little kid. Yeah, nice. And then he also sells Rackmasters, which is this uh, security detaches. So, mm-hmm. so you can rack shit with. Yes. <laughs> he actually has uh, letters from Interpol trying to get him to stop selling them. <laughs> so he's a pretty funny cat. And he got in contact with me and... Um, the, the first year, which was, I think it was 2016 or 2000, 2016, I think it may have been. Seven years ago, I think. Yep. Um, originally, we we, uh, we we made this costume of a giant uh, bong called Super Bong. <laughs> and uh, we made a giant, um, like, kind of like banner that said, Happy Birthday Weed. And we tied it to a bunch of those giant helium balloons and flew yep. it up about three, four hundred feet in the air. Well, yeah. And uh, we did it right near Leichhardt, which was in the flight path. So yep. the CASA representatives and the cops came. Fuck. Um, so they came and they've got this sign that says, Happy Birthday Weed with a giant bong outfit. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, they didn't know really what to make of it. That's pretty um, amazing, though. It was quite funny. And then um, then the next year <clears throat> was when it really kicked off. Yeah. And that was 2017. Was that when you sent... Um, no, that wasn't when you sent the pound of weed. No, no, that was two thousand. That was two thousand twenty. Um, That's right. Two thousand two thousand seventeen. We did. Um, we did this thing where we set up a fake cannabis um, kind of like grow house in the yeah, middle of King's Cross. That's right. Um, right on William Street. Um, and that was a really interesting kind of thing because we'd never done anything like that. <laughs> and so we set it up, and obviously we set up the we had the the hydroponic lights and the the fake weed plants and. Um, and basically we're sitting there and we, we set it all up and it took a couple of hours and it's about one, two o'clock in the morning. So we go back to my house on my old house on the Northern beaches in yep. Mona Vale and we go back and my friend and I were like, I'm on, I needed to sleep for an hour and he's like, no, let's go back. Let's go back. I'm like, no, no, fuck that. So I wake up, <laughs> we wake up at about seven o'clock and he's got like probably like 15 missed phone calls from the, the landlord of the <laughs> of uh, that property. property that we rented. Yep. And, uh, he's like, oh, you got to come now. So. Drive back into the city. It's about eight o'clock in the morning, mm-hmm. and we we walk across the the little overpass there that goes kind of into the back of Darlinghurst or Kings Cross there, and we're on the other side where William Street is, where the the little where the un, where the tunnel is just yeah, I know what just you mean. over the top there because it was right there. It was a few hundred meters down from the coke sign, and we rochambeaued scissor paper rock for yep. our, the Aussies um, who was going to go deal with it. <laughs> and on the other side of the right out the front of our shop, there was probably about seven or eight cops and about five <laughs> or six news crews. So there's about 20 plus people standing there and we didn't know what was going to happen. We didn't know if we were going to get arrested. And anyways, I won the game of scissors, paper, rock and yep. Alec had to go deal with it. So <laughs> that was pretty, it was pretty interesting. I, I, in hindsight, I wish I'd gone because he got on the news and I didn't. Yeah. Year, so, you know. <laughs> no, that's fair. And obviously, um, 
you've also done projections onto the Opera House. Yeah, that was that was our last that was our last stunt which we did in uh, on the obviously the twentieth of April, which is World Weed Day. Um, yep. Four twenty. I started originally at Berkeley University because of all the um, all the students used to smoke weed at four twenty. Yep. And indirectly, as the Americans put the date backwards, so they put yeah. the month first and then the day, so it's 420, obviously mm-hmm. the 20th of April. That became World Weed Day. Uh, that's why you see in so many iconic movies, you see 420 on all the clocks, because obviously the director or the producer is a stoner, <laughs> as a yeah. lot of people in creative counterculture are. Absolutely. And, um, this year, we yeah we projected... Um, we projected cannabis art on the um, iconic Sydney Opera House. And um, you copped a bit of flack from that, didn't you? I certainly did. I'm still on bail for it at the moment. Fuck. Um, we, got, we, got, we, we had three projectors. We had one uh, at the Hyatt, which we rented for about 1500 whatever money it was, quite expensive hotel. Yep. Um, we had one out the window there. We had one on the, um, from the cruise terminal, the yep. international cruise terminal. On the, so we had two on the Opera House and one on the south pylon of the Sydney Harbour Bridge. Fuck. So it was a, ca- a dancing cannabis leaf, uh, 420 sign, and then also a, um, a what's it called, uh, um, who are we hurting? So yeah, nice. We yeah. got arrested. The cops, you know, basically kicked the door in, about seven, five, four or five cops. Yep. Um, they were threatening to arrest everybody. Um, Alec and I just basically said, look, we take the rap. They locked us up for six hours. <clears throat> and then um, still to this day, I'm not allowed within three kilometers of the Sydney CBD. Fuck. So I was on... I was on uh, I'm still on bail now. Yep. I had to report into the police station here at Tweed Heads for almost three months, uh-huh. three times a week. Yep. Um, so they knew you weren't down there, obviously. Yeah, yeah, obviously they had my address. So obviously Alec and I aren't allowed to communicate at the moment Fuck. under the bikey, the, like the uh, yep. bikey like terrorism laws, which yeah, is yep. pretty crazy because we're basically charged under a bylaw because the Sydney Opera House is the only trademarked building in the Commonwealth of Australia. Yep. Um, and basically, like if you say, as an example, like if you if you use it in any kind of commercial um, exercise, like say the Red Bull just posted when they had the cliff di- the cliff yeah. diving thing at Macquarie's chair about eight weeks ago. Yep. When they posted on their Instagram underneath, it said that these are trademarks of the Sydney Opera House used. Yeah. Excuse me. Yep. Used uh, with permission from the Opera House Trust. So you have to get permission to be able to have it in a photo or yeah. a video. I mean, or originally like inspired by the Everest race. Do you remember that when Scott Morrison and yeah. they said, oh, we should put it on the biggest banner, the yeah. biggest uh, billboard Australia has, and they put the Everest thing up. And then what happened was the chasers, they went there the, the next week and they projected on the, on the side of the upper house, advertise here. And so that was what caused the bylaw to yeah. be written. Yep. And that's what the bylaw is written as now. If only you'd have done it before that. <laughs> yeah, but then it wouldn't have had such much impact. But That's you know, true. like I think that um, what they're charging on us is a bit ludicrous. Like, obviously, I, you know, it's it's probably not. Um, you obviously don't want everyone going and doing what we did. Yeah. Um, but you know, we we made a statement, and um, yeah, absolutely, and it's our constitutional right to be able to protest. If they want to give us a fine, and you know, I don't really care about that. That's fine. That's fair enough. But a criminal charge and being on bail for almost a year um, and having to sign in at the police station. Like, we didn't hurt anybody. We went on the Opera House grounds. Exactly. Is it, Who are we hurting? Exactly. exactly. And so, um, you know, it's it's been an interesting 
experience. I, um, I won't ask what the plans are, but I'm just going to ask: Are there plans for a 420 this year? Oh, oh yeah, absolutely. Nice. Hundred <laughs> percent. We're not going to we're not going to give up until this is we win this fight. Oh, so. absolutely. And obviously, this fight that you are fighting is to decriminalize and legalize uh, recreational, recreational cannabis. Yep, and not just medicinal. No, medicinal is already legal in Australia. So yep. there's about. Uh, Roughly about 100 to 120,000 patients yep. um, now. So it's actually pretty easy to get your medicinal oh, script. Cool. Um, it's a lot easier than most people think. You just go to your GP, then they refer to you to a cannabis doctor. Um, you go in, you pay, you know, between three and five hundred dollars, and then they'll give you your script, and then you'll be out, you can get your medicine. It's very cool. good. Um, you, a lot of people are under the assumption that um, you can only get it for terminal illness, but you can get no, it for all sorts for anxiety, of stuff. sort of anxiety, well. um, sore knees, what. You know PTSD, whatever. But you know, if you if you if you're Australian and you live here, you know, and you want to smoke weed, go go get your prescription because the more people that do it, the quicker we'll probably get towards a essential legalized recreational state. Here come our chips now. So just a quick message and chat about our. Thank you um, very much. Thank you. Yeah, just pop it there. Um, yeah, so just a big, big shout out to Cooley Sands Fantastic. Hotel for the complimentary beer and chips and all that. So feel free to tuck in. I'll probably have a few in a bit as well. Um, so yeah, just wanted to take that quick second yeah. to thank Cooley, Cooley Sands. Sands. The last time I was in this room was, um, well, not the last time, but one of the last times was when Mick Fanning won his first world tour. Yes. And they had a um, the after party here. Parker had an after party here. They, yep. they had the party at the Cura, Cura Hotel in, yep. the, in the back there and... Rip Curl put 30 grand on the bar. <laughs> yes. And uh, yeah, it was, that was a very wild night. And speaking of Mick, I'm drinking Volta while wearing a Volta shirt. I don't know if that's a bit on the nose, but I do love Volta. Yeah, I do like them. They're quite nice for, for about one or two, and then they're a bit fruity and they kind of got a weird, well, weird after. It, it depends on what one you get. If you go to the yeah. IPA, the XPA, the, I mean, the main one on, on tap is the XPA, but I had a tour of the brewery in November. Yeah, it was fantastic. Fu- it's fucking great. So, yeah, my friend is the, um, he's the, he's the boss of the brewery. My friend that, he's the brother of, um, my mate that used to work for Fireball. Yeah, nice. And um, when they when they sold for all that money, yep, they they gave everybody a payout of quite a lot of money. Fuck yeah! So that so that's the Aussie way, isn't it though? Uh, not all the time, but yeah, True. it should be. It should definitely should be. Uh, yeah. Um, you know, don't don't never forget. Like without them, they wouldn't have that brewery sort of thing. <laughs> Go ahead. It's it's honestly. How are the chips? Fantastic. That's good. I don't want to be so loud on camera. So I probably won't eat that. Many. <laughs> it's all good, bro. Um. So obviously pro free skiing. How'd you get into that? Obviously, you said you grew up somewhat like you grew up in Switzerland, so you're around when snow was, most um, of the time. I didn't actually start skiing till I was about nine years old. Yep. I'd been a couple of times when I was younger, but my parents used to have three quite famous Mexican restaurants. Mm-hmm. And um, when I was about when I was nine, my grandmother she passed away under scrupulous circumstances. Shit. And she took a heart murmur pill. Oh, uh, she had a heart murmur. Yep. She had to take this pill that slowed down a heart rate. Yep. And she was meant to cut it in half, but she took the whole thing. Fuck. And she ended up uh, passing away, but she was uh, in the it morgue It slowed her heart for... rate so hard, it stopped it sort of thing. Yeah, and she Fuck. was in the morgue for just over 24 hours, and um, she wasn't actually dead. Fuck. Her heart rate was just so low that they couldn't pick it up. Okay. And so the cops came in, and the female cop and the male cop came in to take off her rings and do, you know, sign off the body. Yeah. And um, She moved? She, she sat up. Fuck. And it was this massive, was on the front page of the Sydney Morning Herald, 60 Minutes did a thing about a current affair. And basically my dad, he had like a, just a full breakdown about it. Well, I absolutely can imagine so. Mm. And so, far out. At the time we had three restaurants and, oh, not me personally, my parents did. Yeah. 
in Sydney, um, on the northern beaches and in Coogee. Nice. Um, and um, he basically said, you know, life's too short. I want to go skiing with my family. So <clears throat> he packed us all up, my two brothers, my sister, my youngest brother, Harley, was two at mm-hmm. the time, um, my mum. And we moved to Switzerland for six months and he got someone to run his business businesses. Mm-hmm. He went back to from Switzerland about two or three times over the winter. Yep. We didn't go to school and we ended up, he worked in a ski shop um, servicing skis. And we moved to a place called Verbier in Switzerland where he used to live in the, um, in the 1970s and early 80s as a hot dogger. Because yep. he was a... He was a national champion water skier. Fuck yeah. When he was a kid. So skiing's and definitely in the family, just so you decided to go on well. the solid version of water instead. Exactly. And so after that, he had a lot of friends that were professional skiers and stuff. I still remember uh, the first time I ever was exposed to counterculture was when I was that, that summer before, that, win- that northern summer before uh, we moved to Verbia. Yep. We, went to, we went to Switzerland to go kind of find a house to yeah, like we check it out sort of thing yep my dad took me on like a round the world trip like like they do when you're 10 years old yeah and um as you do as you do i've never been over oh, i've been overseas a couple of times when i was really young but you yeah. know most of that most of my childhood up until then my parents were working a lot and we had a good life we'd go to the beach we'd do nippers and yep. you know go surfing and stuff like that just the aussie kind of you know normal life yep and then um we went to um we're in verbia and he said to me, he said, would you, lo- would you rather go to, to Rome or would you rather go to Chamonix? Now, Chamonix is kind of like the action sports extreme capital of the world. Yep. It's where Mont Blanc is, which is 4,808 meters. Oh, it's actually 810 meters now. It's grown in height. Wow. It's the highest mountain in Western Europe. And lo- the home of L'Extreme, mm-hmm. extreme skiing and, you know, uh, Paraponting and skydiving and just basically Everything. the most extreme place in the world. Basically, Red Bull's videography playground. Yeah, exactly. The Aguida Midi is there, and um, the Grand Monte, and just you know, it's a very famous place. You go into the to the the uh, graveyard there, and at the cemetery, and it's just the who's who of the Alpine world: Pierre Tindale, Bruno, Bruno Gauvignon, just a hundred, two hundred years of Alpin Alpinism, just yeah. history, and um. I remember my father had this uh, friend of his who was this famous filmmaker from uh, America and his name was Gary Bingham. Yep. And he was famous for making all the 80s ski movies and he had a Ducheveau uh, that he chopped off the roof with a chainsaw. Yep. And that was his car and he was a very, like quite a well-known guy. Yep. And we took the Cog Railway up to, from Martigny to Chamonix and we get to Argentière and he picks us up in the... Uh, the Duchevaux with no roof with the chainsaw that he, off the top and my, he ended up showing me the video of him cutting it off in that yeah. old movie I was like nine years old and that we get there and one of his uh, one of the young kids that was you know interning for him or working for his film company they were shooting a time lapse of uh, Le, Le Brevenant mm-hmm. which is like on the opposite side of the Grand Monte mm-hmm. and they were, they were filming like a storm rolling in kind of thing on a, yep. on a, on a, on a 16 millimeter camera nice and I'd never seen anything like that. And, um, you know, I saw him smoke a joint. And not my dad didn't... My dad doesn't really smoke weed. Yep. Um, but is he against it or is no, he No, 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 no. He's totally... He doesn't care, man. He's, we own cannabis companies together now. He's, he's all for it. Yep. But um, he's just not his thing. Um, and so uh, that was... You know, I got exposed to this counterculture. And then after that, we moved to Verbia. And, you know, he's one of my dad's friends that he moved to... Switzerland in 1976 was a guy named John Faulkner. Yep. And John was in was the Australian freestyle skiing champion at the time. 
and he was in all the old James Bond movies. So he's in yes, Her Majesty's I, Secret I, I Service. Love every James Bond movie, I've seen all of them. Um, he was in her for her eyes only for your eyes for your only, eyes only. Yep, where they ski down the um yes. the bobsled track. Yep. Um, That's a great he's in film. all the old Willy Bonga movies, and so I got exposed to him and um, his other friend, who was a famous photographer named Mark Shapiro. They were called the Columbine Kids. Yep, they were part of the first expats that moved to to Europe from from uh, America or from North America. Obviously, Marco was Canadian. Yep, um, and so I got exposed to that life, and I was just like, "Whoa, this is the coolest shit I've ever ever seen." Wow. And there was a there was a Swiss um, pro skier named Dominic Perret. Yep. He was like pretty famous. He used to ride for SOS and yep. he used to, he just, I remember his movie where he's just skiing these massive lines and on these, on these old MiG helicopters in Russia. And I was just like, <laughs> I want to wow, do that. <laughs> this is what I want to do. And so how did you go from being, I want to do this to doing it? Sort um, of thing? Basically, we lived in Switzerland for a couple of seasons. My parents were going to, um, were trying to open a Mexican restaurant there. Yep. Uh, fortunately, we have, um, we have uh, Dutch passports. Yep. So that means we can live in Europe because my grandfather was Dutch. Yep. But living in Switzerland is very difficult because under the rules, um, or at least back in the day, and I'm pretty sure it's still the same, in order to have a business, uh, a Swiss, you have to have a Swiss partner that owns 51% of it. Yep. Um, and obviously the, the Swiss mafia, as they call it. So, you know, not so much the mafia, but the local local heads of state they don't like outsiders yeah so my parents tried for about three years to try and find a restaurant um that they could open that didn't eventuate so um we ended up actually moving to canada after that but um in that in our winters i joined the parish of freestyle team yep and um started skiing moguls um obviously i wanted to go to the olympics and yeah do all that stuff didn't end up making it but um because i discovered cannabis <laughs> the age of 15 at a summer camp but, yep. um you know i got i got pretty good at moguls and was on my way to aspiring to get on the junior national team and you know i was on state team and all that kind of stuff and then um eventually you know just kind of got into free skiing i think i was f- at about 15 years old i went to sms uh smart mogul skiing to a, um, a mogul camp for yep. uh is that where you found your love of cannabis? That, well, I'd smoked weed a couple of times before yep. that, um, but only very briefly, but that was definitely the spot. Yep. Um, I remember one of the first times was on a weather day. I was at the High North, North Hotel with a f- couple of friends of mine and uh, a famous pro skier, my friend uh, Stefan Thomas. Yep. We smoked about an eighth through an apple bong. <laughs> and then he ate the apple bong. And, I, oh. and he was so high he could barely talk. And I was like, this is amazing. It's and basically a, a bong edible. Yeah. Yep. Uh, I don't know if that, I don't know if it affected him. I don't know if that actually works. But in my 15 year old brain, it was like the funniest thing I'd ever seen. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And, um, and then I guess I just kind of identified myself with cannabis. It just yep. kind of became a big part of my life. Like everyone that you know uses or has uh, used. not everybody but it was pretty common yeah. um yeah you know obviously it would be sports. an extreme sport as well yeah, yeah it's a pretty i just like being identified with it yeah i just it was just my thing yeah i enjoyed it it made me an individual kind of i don't know if that is true or not but in my little teenage brain it made me cool and i mean and now cannabis is legal nationwide more or less well 12ish states over in the us i think it's 12 or 14 states now isn't mm, it more 18 oh 18 now wow 
definitely yep. got to get got to read up on that. But um, obviously, you've opened up some dispensaries. Yeah, I opened there. up a uh, cannabis dispensary um, that we invested in about two and a half years ago with my yep. friend Corey Zyla. And how's that going? Um, it's going pretty good. Um, obviously, COVID didn't help. Gosh, no. Uh, that was a pretty big, you know, bummer for everybody. Yeah. The domestic border over here and having to have a car on either side of each side for about a year and a half. Even my mother, my six-year-old mother was walking over the border and yep. skipping school. Um, you know, like, so it's been a process. But yeah, no, we're doing pretty good. We're actually launching our next flower company into the uh, US market. And then um, we've actually got a CBD company called Byron Bay CBD. I was going to bring that up. Yeah, go ahead. Um, so we're, you know, the guiding light to health and wellness. Um, we've got a lot of um, pretty pretty awesome CBD products that we're launching into the American game. And, our and what, are those, what are those products? Uh, like tinctures, uh, CBD um, uh, tablets, and then the kind of the modus opus of our line is a CBD and lidocaine uh, muscle rub. Okay, that'd that be is, great for like athletes. Oh, it's fantastic for yeah. athletes. It's um, it's really good for a abra- It gets rid of. Uh, it helps uh, helps with mu- abrasions. It, Would it help with arthritis? It helps with arthritis. It helps with infl- with uh, inflammation. Because I was saying, um, the Missa has psoriatic arthritis, and she uses CBD gummies to help with that. How so does she find that it works? How does it? Help she her? finds the. So we've tried two different gummies in particular. We've tried cola bottles, which are thirty milligrams each, yeah. and we've tried sour worms, which are fifteen mils. And believe it or not, the sour worms work better than the cola bottles. But yeah, so fifteen mils. She takes about. She well takes. She has about four or five of them, mm-hmm. and honestly, her hands are. It's mainly in her hands in particular, mm. and there's so much, you know. Much more range of motion, much better. So, yeah, I can absolutely d- um, attest to that, that it definitely does help. And there are absolutely b- medicinal benefits to CBD. And if anyone who, it's, and anyone who's listening to this that may be like, oh, weed's bad, this, that, the other. Well, CBD is the non-psychoactive part of marijuana. It's not the THC. You don't get high from it. You can... You can pass a roadside drug test, a random drug test from the cobbers. Can't I'm pretty yeah, sure with can, CBD, yep. yeah, because they don't test for that because it's not the psychoactive part. But yeah, no, it's got a lot of um, therapeutic attributes. Yeah, and, um, the the CBD and lidocaine. The lidocaine actually um, numbs the pain. Oh wow! Originally, uh, this formulation came about through the pharmacist that I'm working for as a tattoo numbing cream, which yep. we um, altered. So it's actually, it's game changing. I tested it for about three months. Obviously, we wanted to find the best. I've been working on this for about a year and a half. Yeah. um, And now we launch on the 2nd of February. So I'm pretty stoked about that. We're talking to some, probably going to be sponsoring some pretty big athletes, probably this podcast and a few other people. Fingers crossed. And, um, and, you know, like we're, I'm pretty stoked. Um, so what products will Byron Bay be doing? So obviously they're doing um, the CBD and lidocaine cream. Yeah, we'll be doing the CBD lidocaine cream. uh, muscle rub. We'll be doing uh, CBD tinctures. Yep, five hundred and thousand milligrams, um, and then we'll be doing the CBD uh, uh, tablets. Nice. And then in the future, we'll be doing a roll-on lidocaine and CBD. Yep, kind of uh, mash-up. And then uh, after that, we'll do gummies. Yep, and then potentially I'll expand it or open another sub-brand yep. called Byron Bay Bio, which will do like hemp-based uh, yeah, beauty nice. products. Nice, and so you're obviously very excited for because that launch is only a matter of weeks away. Um, is it a brick and mortar store? Or is it going to be an no, online it's, store? No, it's going to be an online store. We're going to launch in this in America first, mm-hmm. then probably into the German and Thai, Thai markets in Europe. Um, obviously, Australia is on the agenda, but they're but definitely behind. There's a lot of there's a lot of um, red tape red tape to go through just to get on the medicinal program. Yep, and then to get over the counter, which was legalized last January. 
you have to spend about 750 grand on human testing, which has already been done in America, copiously yeah. amounts. So they, they, they could literally just read the tests from there and say that. Yeah, well, that's they don't. The TGA doesn't doesn't want to validate those tests, and also because um, they're not done in Australia, sort of thing. Uh, pretty much, yeah. And then also, the dosage is so low; it's they only they're only allowing you to have I think it's up to 30 milligrams a day. Fuck off! Which is that's like so low. That's I literally that's two gummies. I take six to help me get to sleep, sort of thing. Yeah, well, with this, with this stuff, you know, the, the, with the tincture, you know, the thousand milligrams, you have two drops and you sleep like a baby. <laughs> yeah, well. And it's not like you're going to overdose on, no. on, 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 on CBD. On CBD, it just doesn't happen it, like that. It doesn't, it won't, it can't, and it wouldn't. Yeah, so. exactly. It's, just, it's pretty crazy. We're very backward laws here. Um, yeah. I got told by an anonymous uh, member of parliament that one of the main reasons that they probably won't legalize cannabis anytime soon is because of the Tax. opium lobby oh, in uh, opium Tasmania. Lobby. Yep. Um, apparently, those those uh, those people have a lot of sway um, within the the certain of uh, the two big parties. Yep. Um, they they obviously contribute a lot of funds to the to the parties, and they yep. have a lot of influence. And obviously, those opium farmers have got a lot of money. Yep. And we have a very high percentage of the world's opium grown here. Yep. And they don't want to try to fuck with that. Well, because opioids are very different to marijuana in particular. And totally, but you know everything can coexist very absolutely. There's not that's really not going to affect the opioid. Absolutely, trade. I basically see it as, and I've always seen it as, as if you can tax beer and you can tax cigarettes, you can fucking tax weed. Figure it out, government. Basically. Yeah, and it's and it's such a basic thing that shouldn't shouldn't be a problem. You know, no. like yeah, it's it's good. It's like as like I said, I was as I said, who are we hurting? Um, we just want, which is a great name as well, by the way. Well, that was the, thank you very much. Um, obviously, I didn't come up with that. I think <laughs> Alec did, or Craze, and either or all under his pseudonym. Um, but yeah, that that's basically what it's all about. Just trying to express our point that we're not hurting anybody. You're not. Um, we're working with uh, Drive Change Australia to try and change the drug driving laws. Oh, please! So medicinal yeah. patients can will be able to have you know permission to drive as long as they're yep. not impaired. Yeah, of course. Um, the tests don't work. Um, no, they don't. Because they don't have a reading. So and then is it's a, you lose your license. Well, it's immediately it's for, for twenty four hours. I thought it was twenty four hours with if it's marijuana. No, I, I, I well, I, again, I don't quote me on this. I'm no, not a lawyer. Um, but I was told that it was you immediately lose your license for three months. Fuck. Well, RBT's show is proven yeah. bullshit because obviously when they test positive to marijuana, it's like we'll yeah. hold it for twenty four hours. That's obviously a lie by the sounds then. I think if you take it to court, yeah, a lot of okay. people have gotten off. Yep. But not a lot of people have the money to do that. That's true. And a lot of people aren't, you know, aren't the smart, you know, they're maybe not that, that well educated on it. They don't, they, you know, a lot of people are scared, sent stiff about this kind of stuff. And a lot of people don't know that medicinal cannabis is actually available. Yeah. And if they do think, no, it's available, a lot of them think it's only available for, for terminally ill people. Yeah. Which is not true. No, gosh, um, no. So, you know, that we have plans of trying to, um, get more doctors involved and yeah. but it is it is a process it costs a lot of money um but we're not going to give up we're no, going to keep no. pushing but oh, it's very difficult obviously they had the plebiscite in new zealand yep a uh, year and a bit ago did that pass or fail it failed uh, by a very close margin but okay. i think that jacinta arden and her cronies had uh, a bit of ulterior a agenda yeah even though they didn't express that um the plebiscite had two things on the on the back of it was the was the euthanasia bill <laughs> 
which, which I'm all for as well, by the way. To, uh, again, like if people want to, if people want to die um, when they're sick, no problem. Uh, if you've got um, a terminal illness, terminal I, bl- illness. I believe, or, or dementia, which is basically a terminal illness, um, I agree. But well, I don't know what ca- legalizing recreational cannabis and and euthanasia has have to do with. Oh, they've got nothing to do with each other. So. You know, I think there's always an alternative. Also, oh, was the purpose that basically, if you vote yes for one, it's voting yes for both? Uh no, there was two separate things, but the, the but the the vote went in at the same time. Oh. so you're not voting for, but you, you had a choice on either on both yeah, okay. issues. But obviously, the public aren't that well educated, so they're going to think that one and two they yeah. associate the thing with the other one. And again, it's fucking sneaky. That's it, underhanded a little bit. Ah, uh, there's a lot of underhanded things that go on in <laughs> politics. You know, yeah. do some research on how Peter Dutton's worth 300 million bucks. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> Absolutely, and speaking of like worth three hundred bucks, you've got a, a lot your your finger in a lot of pies, you could say, and one of them is Willie's World. Tell hey, us about that. So Willie's World is my podcast that I run, um, and then just kind of like my online website about my crazy zany life. Yep. Um, your counterculture life. My counterculture life, if you want to call it, it's pretty normal to me. But obviously, I was exposed to this strange life at an early age. Um, I do a lot of interviews with like prominent sports people like you do, um, porn stars, um, you know, scientists. Uh, Who's been your favourite scientist that you've had on? Um, probably some. I uh, had a, a cannabis act, uh, like cannabis uh, dude from America that was pretty interesting. Yep. Um, I obviously, I'm about to do season two, so I want to expand my um, who I interview. Yep. Uh, it is obviously it's it's a full time job doing oh. a podcast. Um, yep. I drop them probably once a month. I'm, yep. Ideally, I'm hopefully going to start dropping them fortnightly. Well, I do. I work two days a week just so I can still have time to do podcasts such as this. Fantastic! So absolutely. It, it how is, long, how it, long have you been doing the podcast for? Uh, since August 2019. Fantastic! So I, there was a time where I didn't work for a year purely to get this off the ground and going. Yeah. Um, and then I was like, nah, need more income obviously to fund the podcast. Yeah. So yeah, that was as of. Um, Oh, about t- 10 months ago I started working again still 2-3 days a week that way it supplements the income and all that sort of stuff but it still gives me time to you know do the podcasting and whatnot. fantastic you got a great setup. it's awesome I try my best um, and again shout out to Cooley Sands Hotel for allowing me to instead of record at home over Zoom it's a lot better when it's in person oh fantastic so especially in a venue where you got a little bit of you know just ambience and stuff yeah. like that it's, it's good stuff. a lot stuff. of history that goes through these doors. Oh, it's been open since 1911, I think it was, or something yeah. like that. So There would have been a lot of pub fights in this <laughs> bar for sure. <laughs> Cooley's a pretty wild place. It is. It really is. And speaking of um, Willie as well, you said you've, got some, you've had some athletes on. Who are some of the notable uh, athletes you've had? People like Brandon Beeble, mm-hmm. uh, famous pro skater. Um, Robbie Madison, yep. um, good friend of mine. Obviously, the, he's the stunt dude and the freestyle motocross rider. Yeah. Um, I know him from back in the day when my parents used to own Fusion, the car audio brand. Yep. Um, they had that for about five years. So oh, yeah. we, spo- we sponsored the original Krusty tour. Yep. Um, Jeez, I remember when Krusty Demons did the tours. What's that? I remember the Krusty tour. The yeah, Krusty yeah. Well, you remember tours? the real little green aliens? Yeah. Yeah, that, that's what we used to sell. So <laughs> oh, nice. We, um, we made a lot of money off those aliens. Um, that was a fun, a fun time. Um, who else? Uh, Liam Knight, one of my friends who I should hook you up with who plays for the Rabbitohs. He's from the Central Coast. Yeah. I'm, I'm originally, I wasn't born there, but I grew up and was raised on the Central Coast. Oh, whereabouts? Uh, in Lizarro, it's like 10 minutes yeah, from Boston. Yeah, I know where it is. Obviously. Yeah, I went to school with Matt Cavalli. Okay, fantastic. Yeah. Anyway, continue. Yeah, Liam Knight. He's originally from Darwin, I think, isn't he? Uh, he was born so there, I think. I think. grew up in a lot of different places. Yeah. Actually, I was talking to him this morning, actually. <laughs> We're going to a... Uh, a big uh, event on the weekend in Sydney. Nice. Oh, wait, not the CBD though. 
No, what's that? Not the CBD though. No, uh, no, 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 no. For legal oh, no, reasons, they've no. changed. They've changed my um bail conditions. Cha- I got my my bail conditions amended. Um, oh, that's good, Ben. Last month, or yep. like what was that? Three weeks ago. Yep. And so now I'm not allowed within 500 meters of the Sydney Opera House. Okay, that's a bit better. So you are going to go to CBD. So what's the event you're going to? Uh, we're doing a party with. Uh, we're doing the after party for Nelly. Yeah, nice. So um, I'm just kind of like co-hosting that with one of my friends that I. Yep. Make music videos for. Um, who else have I had on? A um, uh, couple of pro surfers. Uh, Mark, um, what's his name? Mark Matthews. That yeah, was a really interesting one. Yeah, Mark Matthews is a pro surfer. He works with a lot of um, with water safety and water survival. That's great. So he, he jumps out. You know, he teaches um, SAS guys how to survive in in crazy conditions. And yeah, wow. that was a really interesting one. Obviously, I've done the podcast over. A, over a year or so, so yep. I haven't. I've done it, been doing it sporadically. Yeah, um, I do want to take it more seriously, but obviously, um, all the other things I do <laughs> take, take up, up a lot, lot of my time. time. Yep. In a perfect world, I'd have more money so that I could just pay people to <laughs> to do to your manage. Well. It's just managing the time of, of booking guests and yep. you know putting everything together. Um, yep. It is a process. Um, Talking's the easy part. <laughs> it really is. This part, people that don't know, this part is the easiest part of the job. It's the editing, it's the uploading, it's the... But Anchor, do you use Anchor as well? I, I used to, but then I switched to Acast a few months ago and uh, Anchor's great. It is so good. But I went to Acast because it, it uploads the episodes to Apple Podcasts a lot quicker than Anchor. Okay. But th- that's the only reason that I switched. Yeah, so. now that some of those platforms are really helpful and... um. So yeah, I use Anchor a lot, and um, it's definitely something that I want to expand on. I think it's um, my probably my best talent is talking shit underwater <laughs> with bowling balls in my mouth. Um, yep. Well, I mean, if anyone wants to hear that, they can go and listen to the Alpha Blokes episode that you did, which Tommy and Cam, they're they're awesome blokes. Did you actually end up going up there to? No, no, no. I there? did it at the Gypsy Tales, um, the Gypsy Tales studio, studio in Bro- in Burley. Actually, yeah, nice. So I've, I actually did the Gypsy Tales podcast. That was like a year and a bit ago. Yeah, that's Chase a great a podcast nice as well. Yeah, yeah. Chase is cool. He's killing it. He's doing really well for himself, and I think it's really awesome. I think more and more people like yourself and Jason, um, Cam, and the homie, the bro- blokes, were, uh, blokes, um, the Alpha blokes, yep. guys. They're really pretty nice dudes. Obviously, they're Turners and Fitters. They're very <laughs> North Queensland cats. They really are. And, uh, <laughs> You know, but they, they, they identified a demographic and they harnessed upon it and they kept consistent and now they're killing it, you know. So it's pretty amazing that it can be done. Yeah. So it, it is a difficult one though. You've really got to capture that audience and then You've got to find your you've got to find something you love talking about and you've also got to find your niche yeah, your your demographic, your audience sort of thing. So what what's your usual kind of guest on here? Like rugby league players? Um usually rugby league, AFL, um, soccer, that sort of stuff, but I'm trying to branch out to all different sports. I had um two gold medal Olympians uh, in twenty twenty one. Fantastic. Um, you know, so I'm really just trying to get anyone what kind from of sports. All kinds of sports. Whether it's skiing, whether it's surfing, well, it could be European handball. Honestly, yeah. as guests, because everyone has a everyone in sport has a story to tell. Yeah, really, for sure. is my way of saying it. Whether they're retired or whether they're still in the sport that they're doing, you know, I had a bloke that was a water polo player for um for Australia. You know, like I really love, even though short. Sure, granted, I love my rugby league, I love my AFL, but there's other sports out there, and that's more so my what yeah, I'm. Those fringe to sports are kind of almost more interesting too. Honestly, my no favorite sport is skateboarding. 
Oh, like, fantastic. I, I, I personally can't skateboard for shit. Yeah, but I can't I, skate either. <laughs> but I love it. I can it. help you get some skate. I got heaps of pro skater, mates. Easy. <laughs> that that no would problem. be great. <laughs> yeah, that's easy. No worries. I'll, I'll definitely chat to you about this after that. Oh, absolutely. Because um, skateboarding, it literally... Uh, to the point where I bet on it at the... Uh, like, I went through sports bet to bet on it at the Olympics. Yeah. Pulled out quite a bit of dollars from it because I was... Yeah, I know, I, someone, so I know someone that made like 30 grand off... off um, Yuta Horigami? Keenan. Off Keenan, yep. Is it, it was Keenan, uh, Keegan. It? Keegan, 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 Keegan Palmer, right? Yeah, yeah see, I made it off um, Yuta Horigami. Yeah, but see, because Keegan got really... It was, a pro, it was a pro skater guy that I know, and he yep. made like 30 grand in Vegas <sighs> because the Aussies weren't allowed to do the qualifiers yep. no, they because weren't. of COVID. Yep. And so... They, he had a really low ranking. Yeah. But they knew, obviously, that he oh, was potentially going to do really well because yeah. he's such a good... Um, such a great skater. ...park skater, right? Yeah. And um, so, yeah, that, and they ended up going... In Vegas, they were like, <laughs> oh, they found out they went to like five or six different casinos and ended up making a <laughs> shitload of money. Wow. That's Speaking of which, have you... Obviously, you've been over to the US. Um, and what's obviously... This is just tangenting about cannabis and whatnot. What's the... It's I'm guessing a lot more relaxed over there. Like it's a, you can walk into a dispensary. Do you, st- you do you have to show your passport or your ID? Sort no, of thing? you don't have to anymore. Wow! In California, you don't. Um, I have been arrested in America for pot before in Utah. Fuck. Okay. I got um I got arrested. Is with it two illegal grams. in Utah? Uh, it was. Now <laughs> medicinal is legal, but recreational is not legal. Okay. Yep. Um, that was probably about seven eight years ago. I got yep. caught with two grams of pot. Fuck. I got locked up for six hours. It's a seven thousand dollar bail. Fuck. Um, for two grams. Not even two grams, like just a gram and a half. Probably just had some leftover. Literally, they not pulled my friend. They pulled us over in my mate's big black Hummer. Um, he had nice. Quebec plates, so he'd driven it all the way down from Canada. We did an Ill- illegal wrong turn out of the uh, Walmart in Park City. Um, <laughs> What's Walmart like? I've always wanted to know. Oh, it's, it's just like Costco or Safeway. Or yeah, like, okay. It's pretty. It's, well, is it like is it like Big W and Woolies combined sort of thing? Kinda, yeah, yeah. but just way bigger. Yeah. A lot more. Like a Bunnings size shop. Yeah, it depends on which one you go to, but yeah, a lot of them are pretty big. Um, it's an interesting spot. You see a lot of um, strange. Well, people I mean, there is there. a website called People of Walmart for a reason. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, so I got arrested there, and I got I got locked up. Um, lucky I had a nice friend that bailed me out because like you can't bail yourself out. Um, in America, you can't. No, not no. You can't bail yourself out. No, you need someone else to come in and bail you out, and you, they okay. have to do it on a credit card too, which is pretty crazy. Jeez, um, okay. And or, or bank check or something like that. Yeah. And um, so then I, so I finished up my trip. I got a lawyer and then I came back here and I had to get... You know, the, part of my charges were I had to get drug tested for four months and I had to do a drug and alcohol analysis, psychological analysis test. Yep. So I, I couldn't smoke weed for like almost six or seven months because my, my, my mom nagged the shit out of me. <laughs> I was like, you got to get it off your record. You'll never be able to go back to America. What happens after you're not a professional skier? Yada, yada, yada. I just wanted to get the fuck out of here because <laughs> I just wanted to go skiing. Yeah. And then so I got locked up. And then um, I went through it all. And then I I filled out the 4017 or whatever it is uh, visa waiver. Yep. And I get to America and they sent me back because I had been arrested in the States. Because uh. I filled out, quested, filled out the question, have you ever been arrested? But I've never been charged. So I had to fly back to Australia. Hold the Okay, so, so with that loophole, with the you've never been charged, but you've been arrested, and because the question was, have you been arrested? If you'd have ticked no because you ha- you haven't been charged, you could have stayed there. 
you got to stay. Potentially, yes. Hmm. But you have to deal with the <coughs> visa problems at the embassy in Australia, not at the immigration in America. Uh, okay. So they, f- they sent me back to a... Free flight, though? Yeah, but I was already going... I already had a flight home, so... <laughs> True. I basically spent 12 hours in their tiny little lock-up cell <laughs> for no reason. Fuck. And then I ended up... I still went home for a week, and then I flew back to Europe and ended up working in my mate's pizza restaurant in France for the season. Yeah, It nice. wasn't as bad, you know? Like, I've always got backup options. That's what yeah. happens when you've got lots of friends. When you've got um, lots of friends and you're, and you're living a counterculture life. But it wasn't very fun to have to go to jail yeah. for just a tiny bit of pot like Fucking it wasn't 2 grams that's yeah. not even a stick more or less no it's not it's not even a it's like a tiny like it's like half of an eighth it was, was tiny it was like, like a couple of buds fuck. and um so that really fucked with my life cuz i lost a few sponsors cuz i was like yeah. signing it was like at the end of some contracts and yep. blah 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 and then I, I got this new ski sponsor that paid for me to to fly to america in december yep and uh, I'm meant to meet them in Denver. They got me a, a flight to the States and then a connecting flight to Denver. And they were pick, meant to pick me up in well, Denver. Well, I mean, it's legal in Denver. So I fly it. <laughs> this is before it was legal oh, in Denver. Oh, okay. This is like 2000, 2014 or 2015. Oh, okay. 2014, I think it was. Yep. Um, and uh, so it was 2013 I got arrested. So almost yeah, 10 years ago. Jeez. Um, and then so I, um, <laughs> when I flew there, they lock you up in the room. Yep. And you can't call anybody. So I was basically MIA for 48 hours Didn't and no one, phone call no one what happened to me. No, they won't let you call anybody. Uh, so I mean, my ski sponsor didn't know what happened to me. And my parents were like, "What the fu- where the fuck's he gone? <laughs> they thought I was fucking dead. And I was like, you know, I, I ended up on a bender in Hollywood and in a pile of hookers and blow or something like that. <laughs> um, so, you know, it's, it's, it was, there's definitely, I've, I've never really been... Um, Obviously, that was pretty bad. Yeah. But there's a lot. There's way worse cases in America. People going to jail for, for like long term stints, like for twelve years use. for like ten grams, sort of thing. Uh yeah, I've heard of stories like that. I think that that would definitely be racial, racial, a racial profiling. profile. Absolutely. That, that's more what I was trying to say, but I didn't but, want to say it. Yeah. But like, what a fucking joke! It's a plant, right. man. It's right. a plant. Like it's not hurting. Like I said, who are we fucking hurting? Like it's just, it's very frustrating. Um. But you know we've been trying. We've been trying to get the message out there. I think it is moving. Yeah. Um, David Shoebridge, the the member of um, uh, the Greens member, I think yep. he's in the Senate. I think. Um, we work with him. He's just put in a, a recreational cannabis bill. Yep. Um, will it get traction and go through? Fingers crossed. I don't see it happening. Um, you can always hope. World, yeah, well, I'd, like, I'd rather talk realistically, not to yeah, okay. blow smoke up people's butts. No, that's fair. Um, I think the opium lobby, I think the pharmaceutical companies don't want it to happen, and I think that unless one of those big two part, one of the two big parties gets on board with the Greens, yeah, it's never going to go through. So unless okay. they had a plebiscite like they did in New Zealand, yeah, um, which I, I reckon, don't. I reckon if they did do the plebiscite in, in Australia, it would absolutely pass. So do I, but then they thought that in New Zealand too. That's true, but then again, but then it, it was wasn't, it wasn't was a very close. It was a COVID year, and it was it was like three percent margin or two yeah. percent margin. It was very very close, and um, that poor that that gentleman that was in the 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 in the House of Reps there, um, the the um, Maori guy yeah. with the dreadlocks. I can't remember his name off the top. He'd spent years campaigning for it. Yeah. And you know now they're ten years behind because they didn't get it through. Because of the plebiscite. But yeah. they they tried and like it's. It's just a hard one. Like they should just fucking do it. They should yeah. just legalize. In my opinion, they should just do what they've done. In uh, should legalize pot, then they should just decriminalize all personal use of drugs. They're doing that in Canada. Mm-hmm. They've done it in um, I, 
not in Colorado. They've done it in Washington and yep. Oregon. Well, of course, Washington. They've done it in, uh, not Washington, D.C., Washington State. Washington State, okay, yep. yep. Uh, they've done it in Portugal. Okay. Uh, they decriminalized and basically legalized personal amounts. Yep. Uh, crime went down over 40% in it less than a year. Because most crime is, is drug-related. A lot of crime well, is drug-related. Crime because it's against the law. Yeah. And, and so it, it shouldn't be. And, you know, there's a nice epidemic here because people can't get good drugs. No, well, I mean, I've definitely, I've personally not experienced it, but I've definitely been told that cocaine in particular is mm-hmm. so Terrible. fucking weak and shit compared to Europe and, yeah, and all absolutely. that sort of stuff. And I t- trust me, the majority of people I know all do fucking cocaine. I do cocaine. I love cocaine. I don't do it that often, but I do like, I do definitely do cocaine. And, um, you know, obviously it's a party drug. I don't do it very often. I do it in social settings. Yep. Um, and, you know, most people are very scared of admitting to that. But if you talk to most of my lawyer friends, if you talk to most of my celebrity friends, if you talk to a lot of the politicians that I probably A lot of met, athletes even. A lot, my, most, a athletes, lot most, most athletes. Most athletes I know get on it hard. Yeah. And they do it and then they, they get on with the rest of their day. And again, it's, I'm not condoning the use of drugs. No. But what you do in your personal domicile, as long as you're not hurting anybody else... Exactly, because who are we hurting? It's your own prerogative. And they don't, shouldn't have the right, just like the vaccine, they shouldn't have the right to tell you what you put in your own body. Now, if you, if you do drugs and then go and drive and, and hurt somebody or kill someone... Then definitely face the them, charges. Prosecute them to the highest, the highest level of the law. Yep. I don't have an issue with that. Should be treated the same as alcohol. Yep. Because I'm they made the choice to drink and, and drive. I have a fucking beer. Yep. I should be able to sit in my house and smoke a joint. And if yeah. I want to do some coke... You know, obviously, I think that other drugs like ice and um, PCP and stuff. Yeah. But, you know, I don't think the use of that would be as prominent if you could... If you could get weed legally. If you could get weed legally and if you could get, you know, if you could potentially get cocaine legally. Yeah. And I was going to say, we were talking about the US real quick. I just want to tangent back to that for a very brief second. What's your favorite state that you've visited in the US? Um, Montana. Yeah. Yeah, Montana. Why Montana awesome. out of all of the states that you could choose from? There's no one there. It's, <laughs> yeah, it's okay. the, um, the big sky state because you can see the sky everywhere you go. Oh, wow. Um, some of the land, biggest land parcels in America are there. The, all the biggest land parcels. Yep. Um, just no one there and everyone's really cool. Everyone's a redneck. <laughs> Don't Shoot touch guns over in the US. Y'all from Australia? Yeah. <laughs> um, nah, I'm from England. It's beautiful, actually. It's a really nice state and there's not a lot of women there. Um, so I didn't really like that, but <laughs> I found enough. a couple. Yeah. Um, I lived there t- two different times for three months with yep. one of my friends, who um who was on the Freeride World Tour as well. His name's Justin Madrew. Um, he's a legend. He's a geophysicist. Mm-hmm. Uh, he lives in a place called Red Lodge, which is on the western entrance to Yellowstone National Park. Um, we spent a lot of time in Cook City, which is like a sledneck town. Yep. Filming and shooting photos and just sledneking around and building jumps and stuff and. It's very, very beautiful and very untouched and yeah, okay. Amazing, amazing wilderness, amazing animals, big mountains. Um, really cool people. Everyone's really friendly. Um, you know, obviously you get some some weird remarks because <laughs> Australian. Yeah, they don't you see, would. They don't. They don't get well, a lot of that, foreign visitors. Well, that and and America in particular don't really learn about anyone but America when it comes to nah. school. So California is nice, but California is just it's California now. California's just gone into chaos because of the... They've gone too liberal. Yep. And they've got all these new laws that are allowing, you know, non, non-bail conditions and the homeless population's just gone through the roof and ah. the taxes are just so extreme. And 
you know, like we get taxed like 40% on cannabis stuff. We can't, there's no, there's no banking for cannabis. It's all cash transactions. Yep. Like when my, when we went and got our uh, California cannabis permit to open our weed dispensary, yeah. my colleague, uh, Corey, he had to go in there with $55,000 in cash. Fuck. So, you know, there's a, we've lost eight bank accounts. Um, wow. So if they, if they legal, if they federally legalize cannabis, um, It'll be a game changer. Oh, yeah. And all those cannabis compass stocks will go through the fucking roof. Yeah. Because then it'll be a profitable business. Oh, absolutely. At the moment, you can make money from it, but a lot of it's based off um, kind of perceived uh, perceived values. Yep. And the cash turnover, as opposed to the profit, isn't that great because you can't write anything off. Yeah. And it's not federally ratified. So, and you also can't ship over state lines. So if you wanted to have a flower company, yep. you'd have to have either I've, someone that has the right to grow and distribute your your um, clones or your seeds or whatever, your strains in each state and then distribute it according. Fuck. So if they federally legalized it and you were allowed and so, to... And obviously that'd be a, you'd have to pay for... Like if you don't have someone, you'd personally have to pay in each state to get a, a license to grow exactly. and sell them. And whatnot. also they... They, there's, there's five different licenses in California. There's, uh, there's uh, cultivation, yep. manufacturing, distribution, <coughs> retail. And they probably all have a then, bloody fee. Oh, uh, yeah, they definitely do. And um, it's, you know, it's a strange run. Obviously, I'm not the biggest expert in the world. I, don't, I know enough to be able to get by. Yep. Um, but it's, it's not as profitable as people think. No, gosh, um, no. And also, uh, Americans aren't allowed to export their cannabis. So even medicinal cannabis, yep. they're not allowed to export it. So that's why Canada, you know, they've got this huge medicinal cannabis market because they're exporting. Yeah, okay, gotcha. And one of the leaders in medical cannabis in the world are actually Israel. Yeah, mm. I've heard about that. So the next big one is Germany. Yep. Germany just legalized recreational cannabis for 2024. Fuck yeah. Um, I'm actually in the process of purchasing a large percentage of a, um, a, ca- a medicinal cannabis uh, import and distribution company in Germany called NatureCam. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we're going to expand into dispensaries in, in the European market. And I see that there and Thailand. Yep. Potentially, I'd like to open a resort there or something like that in the near future. Um, <coughs> what about the UK? Do they? Ha- what are their laws, sort of thing? I don't really know enough about the UK, but I yeah. think I think it's pretty similar to Australia. It's I like, thought so. I think it's medicinally legalized, <laughs> and CBD. I'm pretty sure is also legalized there. Mm-hmm. I think so too. I'm not sure about the the dosages and the distribution. Something yep. that I need to look into. But um, you know, it's it's just sad because it's a f- it's a f- like I said, it's a plant. It's a fucking plant. It does it's not doing anything wrong to anyone. It's yeah. not hurting anyone. Exactly, because who are we hurting? Um, and there's a huge opiate crisis in America. Yep. You know, copious amounts of people are dying. It's like 150,000 people a year are dying from fentanyl. And that's just what's on, on record. On record, yeah. And it's probably a lot higher. And then you add in Oxycontin and Vicodin. And heroin and even. All that, you know, and it's just, it's crazy. Um, but those medicinal, you know, those pharmaceutical companies, they're making billions and billions of dollars. And in America, you can lobby. Yeah. So, they control Capitol Hill. It's fucked. It really is. Um, so, I guess the question I've got for you is, what's next for Will Stoke? Mm. Or Stoke, sorry if I said it wrong. Um, that's all right. Uh, probably, 
uh, launched season two of this podcast. Yep. Um, expanded into Germany, obviously the launch of uh, Byron Bay CBD into the American market and then the rest of the world. And then um, more stunts. Um, As more in more publicity. activism stunts sort of yeah, thing? Yeah, more yep. activism stunts. Obviously, yep. we're going to do something else on 420. We've got something else coming up potentially with the Legalized Cannabis Party. Obviously, there. Shout out to Michael Boulderstone and those those dudes and David Shoebridge from the Greens. Mm-hmm. And Michael Pedersen in uh, in Canberra who legalized, who decriminalized cannabis in, can- in the ACT and then now uh, decriminalized personal use of of uh, of all drugs, yep. which is fantastic. That is amazing, and it, it, it you know it should be treated as a health issue, not as a not as a criminal issue. Absolutely, um, it's ruined a lot of people's lives, and a lot of people have gone to jail for nothing. I'm not saying that um, you know people are allowed to have their opinions about certain things. How's the TV? <laughs> I, I didn't even notice that. I just looked there. And I'm like, oh, what's going on there? <laughs> I need a new TV. Um, so, so yeah, basically, just keep pushing the envelope, and then. Um, you know, who knows? I just, I just would like to see all this work that we put in amount to something. Yep. Um, I'd love to see the American government uh, federally legalized. I'd love to see them expunge all of the, um, all the criminal cases for people yes. that grew and distributed cannabis. Yep. And I'd love to see it federally legalized here in Australia so I'd that we can have recreational that. cannabis. And then they can tax it. And then they can have more money for schools, more money for roads, more money for nurses and frontline workers. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we'd just have a better country. Fuck yeah, we would. And that's not just saying because everyone would be getting high. Not everyone would be... Anyone... Cause people may see that and hear that and be like, oh, yeah, we'll have a better country because everyone will be high. No. Doesn't mean the fucking 99% of the country is going to get high once weed's legal. A lot of legal. people fucking smoke pot. A lot of people... I personally know. prefer it through edibles. That's just me, but... I know a lot of people who smoke, a lot of people who do it, you know, edibles-wise. Yeah. I mean, my partner's brothers get, like, get on it. I'm, one of them made, I mean, obviously brownies are the, are the old, are the old school favourites. Made them at home oh, a few months ago. Smelled out the house, but fuck, it's not good. <laughs> anyway, on that note, I think um, we wrap this up, the recording, and we can have a quick chinwag afterwards. Fantastic. Um, and, you know, just, just on the last case, you know, for ahead. those people that are sceptical about... Um, about cannabis legalization, you know, you don't, you don't, you don't smoke weed and then go home and and hit your wife no. or or yell at your kids. Uh, no, nah. alcohol has caused has killed millions and millions of people. It's caused massive amounts of domestic violence. Not and just from violence, and not alcohol kills your bloody liver. It kills your bloody this, that, the other. Yeah. Whereas if if you're if example, sorry to interrupt real yeah, quick, no but problem. but if you're like as as I said, edibles. It's not getting into your lungs if you're having edibles version no. of it, you know. And you can have the vaporizers, and absolutely, you can have the, the spray and all that yep. stuff. And so you know, like a lot of people think that it's 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 the devil's lettuce, but <laughs> most of that was is propaganda that was absolutely. fed to you by people like the Dupont family and and, and hemp, the Kennedy hemp, family. Hemp is the greatest gift that the, you can make anything out of hemp. Yeah. Um. Obviously, that that's another thing that I'm expanding into is uh, hemp construction and yep. stuff like that. But that's another that's another conversation. But you know, if you um if you feel the need, you know, people out there, um, send your local MP uh, a, an email, a, a, an or email a or a letter, and just say it's time for change. 